This is April episode 12. ADOS. Attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. November 18th, 2012. And now, nice racks. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. These Tootsie Rolls are good. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Mastication with Ian and Ian. Make sure you say that carefully. Mastication with Ian and Ian. <laughs> Man, I can see why Matt loves these. We sit here eating our own mm-hmm. chocolate stick. Oh man, I'm thirsty now. Ooh, look at that, a Nexus 7. How pretty. <laughs> so, everybody, this is 8-Bit, your favorite uh, video game reviews, news, ooze show. And by favorite, we mean the, it's the only one that you actually listen to because yeah. you don't have time for anything else. Of course. We uh, are actually here in St. Paul in the real studio, live, so, meaning Ryan's basement. Meaning good audio quality. Hopefully. Finally. As long as my microphone doesn't move anymore. Again, it was just repelled by your halitosis. I'm betting that's all it was. Yeah. We're also being coached here by Ryan, mutely, on uh, proper microphone technique. (laughs) It's moving again. See, that halitosis thing, it's going to be a major problem for you. All right. I believe I'm stable now. Can we do it, Captain? I think we can. All right. So, shall we... Just go straight into headlines? Sounds good to me. All right. So the man who sold Nintendo their motion control patent way back in the day, he went to Microsoft and Sony first and made pitches to them, but they shot him down, and apparently they were quite rude about it. So their loss, I guess. Oh, entirely. I mean, that's the Wii's main selling point is its revolutionary technology. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean. They wouldn't have sold 97 million units if they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So power for Nintendo. And then imagine what a Wii or, or not a Wii, imagine what a PS3 or an Xbox 360 would have looked like if it had had that on release day. Probably would have been actually more expensive True. than they were, and so they may not have sold as many copies. Because that's really why, you know, the Nintendo Wii sold so many copies was a combination of it's cheap and it's fun for the family. This is true. So yeah. This is true. All right. The ESR, uh, sorry, the ESRB and Peggy are working on a unified system for rating games. The games will go through one rating process and each region will retain their local rating systems. Initially, this will be for downloadable games only. The PS Vita firmware update 2.0 adds an email app and more functionality for the browser, among a few other things. Spending habits among gamers are shifting. There are more gamers, but are they, or, but they are spending less money on average thing. Oh, but they are spending less money on average thanks to more free-to-play games. Tablet and smartphone gaming surge, but the overall market remained flat. What about our spending habits? I definitely prefer buying, you know, games um, than getting free-to-play games. And that might sound weird, but when I do that, like, I feel like I'm invested in the game. And so, therefore, I am more likely to, like, you know, want to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, you know, the free-to-play model usually only works for multiplayer games where they're going to be supplementing it with microtransactions and stuff like that. So, and that's that's not the type of gaming that I do in my just, you know, spare time. Yeah. I, I usually just play single-player games. Yeah. I, I'm actually more of a fan of the multiplayer games just because it's something that I can do with my friends a lot easier than single-player games. I mean, yes, the drawing in of the storyline of the single-player games is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get games that are really good about drawing you in and then just holding you there. 
like the Mass Effect games or just about anything by Bioware. They kind of have that formula figured out. Yeah, they really do. But at the same time, being able to go and play games with friends with like League of Legends, which is a really well-known free-to-play game, or World of Tanks, which is an upcoming uh, free-to-play game, um, being able to do that and not necessarily have to spend any more money on it makes it a lot more accessible for myself and anyone else who's in our age and in our financial standing with being in college and not having much money and making that sort of gaming available to all of us. True that. So... Although Nintendo is selling the Wii U for less than its manufacture cost, it, it becomes profitable for Nintendo after the consumer buys just one game. So that's, you know, good for them. Um, and I can't imagine somebody buying the Wii U and not buying a game. So, you know. Makes sense. There you go. Nope, nope. Wii U player, whatever that game that comes with it is, is the only one. I got it for the Hulus. All of the Hulus. Watch all the Hulus. All the Hulus. All right, check out these awesome paintings of Mass Effect characters imagined in the Dragon Age universe. Oh, and the artist's name is Andrew Ryan. Yep, those are some pretty sweet, sweet paintings there. Oh gosh, I gotta pull these up. I'm excited. <laughs> so the while Ian's doing that, the Wii U Netflix app originally did not come Ooh. with an at symbol on its keyboard, resulting in a few users not being able to enter their passwords. And, uh, yeah, that's, Ryan's shaking his head, cause that's just unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, they've since put the at symbol into the, like, I, I don't, wouldn't you need to put in your email address as your username in the first place? Like, how are they expecting you to do that without an at symbol? I don't understand. You would think. Who are you looking at right now? Cause your eyebrows just went up. <laughs> All of them, honestly, though, right now I'm just looking at, um, uh, Garrus Vicarian and, um, oh shoot, what's his name? The, the other sniper who The Drell, the... The Drell. Yeah. Um, man, some fanboys we are. But the other guy who, well, spoiler alert, the other guy who dies in Mass Effect 3. Oh, you can't, too soon! It's been... My brothers haven't played it yet, they also don't listen to the podcast, but my brothers haven't played it yet. <laughs> well then, it's their fault for not... Yeah. Hopping on that train, cause it's been but a while. They have no monies. They have no debit cards. They can't buy it. Fine. It still costs $60 unless, you know, it doesn't because it's Black Friday or something like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then of course there's Fenship on top of, uh, our dragon. Our dragon friend who is, uh, played by Legion in this case. Wait, Legion's a dragon? And what? the art thing. At least that's what it seems like, or maybe that's Edie. I'm not sure, but some sort of robotic dragon. That might just be the whole ship as Yeah, that's probably the Normandy. Still, pretty cool. Is that a ship? I can't even tell. That's a guy. It's a guy? That's a guy. He's got what? he's got beard. He's oh, got he does facial have beard. hair. Okay, that's Commander Shepard. Wow. I'm sorry, I didn't see it at close up. I just was looking at the thumbnail version. I definitely like the Solarians as mages. That's pretty funny. Yeah, or what? druids or whatever you want to call them. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. They're techno wizards and so they turn into actual wizards. He is the very model of a scientist Solarian. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, Morden. Don't say anything. I'm not. You'd better not. I'm not. Alright. Oh wait, no, that's the, oh no, you did do the Wii U. I did do the Wii U. Okay. I'm sorry, I was busy looking at pictures. Go for pretty it. Pretty pictures. Mirror's Edge 2 is reported to be in development, in development by DICE. Yay! Yay! Have you played the first one? I have not, but I know of it. Uh, parkour game. That's what the game mostly bases around. Yeah, there is a little bit of combat. It's, it, yeah, it's very free running, and the story is that, like, you are 
you you work as a runner who you know is is a person who brings documents from one you know group to another uh without being caught by the authorities mm. um because it's kind of this this dystopian futuristic city well it's it's kind of utopia except for the fact that like you know information is always monitored and so yeah and i blame matt sure oh cuz he's on all the lists cuz matt does everything yes and he messes with everything cuz it's matt wonder if he can hear us only if he's standing outside the door which honestly it wouldn't surprise me that much if he was well he hasn't burst through it so i'm assuming he's not there oh yeah <laughs> oh you mean the ouya Oh, the ooh-yah. The ooh-yah. Ooh-yah. Oh, yeah. Sure, you betcha. So, there is a new competitor for the Humble Indie Bundle in price, but not in ethics. The Super Shock Bundle offers 13 indie games for $13. So, eat your heart out, Steam. You're getting some competition. It is reported that Minecraft will come out for David Braben's ingenious little 30-euro computer called that, the Red. That's the pound. Okay, fine. 30-pound computer. <laughs> Other... European. Except for 30 pound computer makes it sound like it's a 30 pound computer. Hmm. Other currency, British currency. Yes, those guys. David Braben's ingenious little 30 British currency computer called the Raspberry <laughs> Pi. In fact, the game itself will become even more manipulable and allow players to crack into Minecraft's code itself. I did, so, I always wondered, like, what the plus side of Minecraft running on Java was, and then when I read um, Sam's blog post about how he modded, you know, Minecraft just by editing a few Java files, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that that that's easy. That, that would be it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Microsoft might come out with a setup, a set-top Xbox similar to the Abby, Apple Happy Apple TV. Wow, we're struggling today. <laughs> I did not get much sleep. I blame all the Tootsie Rolls. Uh, yes, so a set-top Xbox similar to the Apple TV as a casual alternative to their next console. So it would play, you know, casual games and it would do, you know, the the Hulu and the uh, YouTube and the Netflix apps and that sort of thing. Connect games everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For some unknown reason, both Far Cry 3 and Assassin's Creed 3 will be unavailable on Steam in the UK. Gabe Newell's genius at work. Depriving gamers globally of anything that ends in three. Yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what he's going for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, and Mass Effect 3 wasn't on it? <gasps> oh! Conspiracy. Oh my god! Three. Wow. We may have stumbled. magic number. We may have stumbled onto something here. <laughs> so, speaking of the Humble Bundle, the developers behind the Humble Bundle in association with the creators of Overgrowth, uh, I'm not sure what that is, and I don't think Ian knows what that is either. No idea. Have they have created a new online? Oh no, Matthew's saying something. Um, <laughs> oh, the blah, blah blah blah. They have created a new online board game called Desperate Gods. And why uh, there's board games online? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Actually, it does make sense to me. You wrote that. Yeah. Board games online sounds like fun because yeah. you know because then you can have like turn-based games. You, you you know you don't need to be online with everybody at the same time. You can That's just true. take turns at one at a time and and. Do that. Why did he mute that? Oh, he muted that for that. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And it looks interesting. It looked like there were a bunch of cards that were involved with it. So it might be like sort of like a TCG mm. sort of thing mixed with board game style. So like Munchkin in a way. TCG. Trading card game. Oh, So okay. like Magic the Gathering sort right. of thing. I was trying to create MTG out of TCG and I was like, this isn't working. I'm confused. Nope. Chuck test. 
Right. Anyway, but for those of you who tuned in to last week's show, you heard Hayden Goldstein review the new uh, Call of Duty. By the way, that was a really good review. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. He was on top of his stuff much more so than we usually are. Oh, yeah. We should invite him back soon. Apparently, they're still working out some bugs and have recently introduced horses that no longer sink waist deep uh, into the ground and a 90-degree field of view. That'll be useful if you've got multi-monitors. Wait, but that's for the Xbox. Why, yeah. in, why in the world? They had you... tunnel vision before. Oh. And now it's actually, you can see almost as, well, no, you still have better um, peripherals in real life, but obviously still better. Still better. There we go. Now you can hear me better. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Steam Greenlight is apparently cutting down on its entry fee for during the fall sale. Uh, and so any game developers who are listening right now, why would we have game developers listening to us? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Ideas? Sure. Ryan? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, get on that. Go make games. Mm-hmm. For all of you Legend of Zelda fans out there, there's a book that will be released on January 29th called Hyrule Historia, which takes readers all the way through the chronological events in the Legend of Zelda universe. And it draws from all the games from the very first Legend of Zelda all the way up through Skyward Sword in that compendium. I thought that the Legend of Zelda games were not, like, related to each other, because Link always just kind of starts over. There's almost always something about, like, in the past there was a hero, an ancient hero who did this, and in the past there was an ancient hero who did that in many of the game's beginnings. So, so they're they're different time frames, and basically it's it, it's like a cyclical thing where this thing happens, and then this kid is born because this certain thing is going to happen, and then he saves everything. But they're all named Link for some reason, or something along those lines. Yes, okay. yeah, it's usually Link. Sure. So that is a duplicate. That is a duplicate. <laughs> that would be because I put one in, and then you put one in at the same time. Yes. Genius. Awesome. Hi. So. This was Thanksgiving weekend. That's actually why we were here. Turkey. Yep, turkey and stuffing. I like stuffing. stuffing. Cranberries. Yay. Yeah. Pie. Yes. Give me some. Oh, more Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> oh, fine. But yeah, so guess what happens uh, around Thanksgiving time? Mm, tryptophan comas. Was that English? Yes. Tryptophan. It's the... Okay. Tryptophan. It's the stuff in turkeys that supposedly makes uh, you fall asleep afterwards. Right, okay. Oh, yeah. Alternatively, you could have said the Christmas songs start playing on the radio 24-7. Oh, that happened long before. Or you could say everybody goes shopping the day afterwards. Mother of God. Or you could say... Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, which is pretty much the same thing, except that you're still in your house when you're doing it instead yeah. of at, <laughs> at the store. So you don't get trampled. So... For this weekend, tons and tons of online retailers such as Amazon and Newegg and Steam and Good Old Games and Origin and Uplay and just about anything that's based in the U.S. Pretty much everybody has been having super duper awesome sales this weekend and I don't know, I've been spending a bit of money. I've been doing my best to refrain from it. I don't want to be hit right in the wallet. Yeah. I'm uh I'm actually kind of waiting to see if anybody puts uh the Nexus 7 on sale uh and then if they don't I'll buy it after this weekend. Luke Monday. And uh what? Yeah, I didn't either, but there's still Cyber Monday coming up. Yeah. Anyway, so stop moving. <laughs> stop. Nope. Halitosis at work. Yes. All right, good. Uh so 
I have been convincing a lot of my friends to go and get games that, uh, you know, I've talked to them about, they are excited about, you know, and, and, you know, I'm like, hey, look, it's on sale for 75% off. It's only $5. You know, go get for it. For only five bucks. Kids tickets, just five bucks. At the Metrodome. Except that nobody ever does anything at the Metrodome anymore. Sad. Vikings. They still do. Oh yeah, we don't have a new thing yet, do we? Nope. I don't even, I don't even pay attention anymore. But, anyway. Yeah, so I've been convincing a lot of my other friends who don't play as many games as we do uh, to go and get lots of games um, while they're on sale. Kaylin. Yes. Actually, I, to- I told her that Portal 2 was on sale for $5, and she was like, oh yeah, I haven't finished the first one yet, so I guess I'll wait until the- I finish the first one. And I'm like, you're going to wait until it costs more and then buy it then? That doesn't make sense. Logic. Don't argue with yeah, it. Um, yeah, sure. Women, don't argue with them. Good, fair enough. But, so, what do you think the effect of all of this is on the, just kind of the industry, you know? Like, oh gosh, well, it is sort of a twofold thing. I mean, with all these sales, it's going to make them a lot more open to the public and a lot more, the ability to get a lot more people in and... More accessible. More accessible to yep. these games. Sort of like what you were doing with your friends by recommending them to go and buy, hey, this game's only five bucks. They can actually do that now and get started and get sucked into a really good game series. It's like advertising where you pay to get advertising or like maybe a free sample or a coupon. Mm-hmm. Get some come out or get a little bit off, have them come in, have them get hooked and then bring them back in later. So short term... Uh, they actually probably sold a lot of units, so they might have even made a profit or a decent profit that way. But then mm-hmm. long term, the the benefits are going to be even going up more just with all the new people who are going to be hooked into all these game series. I know that um, a lot of traditional retailers do not like the massive sales that, you know, digital retailers, you know, go on sprees with. And, uh, you know, they're arguing that, well, it downvalues the games, you know, and once people realize that they'll be able to get these games for super cheap, they're not going to want to buy them for 60 bucks anymore. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, duh. Um, but, you know, so they're arguing that, well, people aren't going to buy them, like, right away when they first come out. And, um, I don't know. False. Yeah, which is not true, because there's always going to be that crowd Me. who who wants to get them right away, you know, the premium users who will pay 60 bucks to play it and talk about it, you know, right when it comes out. Um, and then there's the crowd who, you know, will wait and buy it when it's, you know, cheaper anyway because it's an old game and, mm-hmm. che- you know, cheaper because it's on sale. And actually, um, they did this study. I don't have a link for this, but I remember reading... I th- actually, I think I read this in the physical PC Gamer magazine, mm. so I don't have a link for it. But um, on in terms of Steam sales... Um, you know, there's obviously the spike, uh, in sales right when the game is on sale, but then there's also a tail off where the game continues to sell more copies than it did before the sale for quite a while after the sale, which is pretty awesome. I have no idea. Well, I, I guess there, I have some idea of why that happens. Um, it, you know, because of word of mouth, more people mm-hmm. ha- own the game. So they're telling other people about how awesome this game is, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, if you sell a lot of copies, obviously you're going to be uh, higher up on the, you know, highest selling mm-hmm. um, lists. So people will probably take note of that and go and buy it. Mm-hmm. Plus, another thing about these online retailers that I absolutely love is it cuts out so much of the middleman. It cuts mm-hmm. out a lot of the productive costs uh, or the production costs, a lot of the shipping costs and thing distribution costs and things like that. Um, and at 
that being said, that means that a lot of more or much more of the money gets given directly to the game developers themselves. And so it encourages people in an industry that we absolutely love by making sure that they get more of the profits and are able to have more jobs available and make better games. Mm-hmm. So go digital retail. Go digital distribution. No, those guys. Yes. And digital retailers is what you were trying to say. Yes, right? that I think I did distribution and retailers all as, all as one word. Redistribution. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I like this weekend. This weekend is great. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that well, yeah, I mean we were suffering a little bit from the effects of Black Friday too. Uh Mr. Buck and I went and saw Skyfall with our respective fathers. And, oh, yeah. Um, and my uncle and had sort of a guy's night out, and we tried for the 4 o'clock showing. That didn't Lots work. of testosterone. Lots of testosterone. We Yeah, we went to the 4 o'clock showing. That was completely sold out, and there were more more people in the theater than I think I have ever seen. And the shows were just getting sold out here, there, and everywhere, and it was kind of disgusting, honestly. Yeah, that was that was and that was at the Woodbury 10. Like, I've never seen that many people at the Woodbury 10. Which is odd, because you'd think that more people would go there, because it's super cheap. Uh-huh. $4 before 6 o'clock, $6 after 6 o'clock for adults. Otherwise, it's $4 for kids. Man, you'd think that they, like, paid us to say that or something. But they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> we love this place so much. And, I mean, it's a locally owned thing, too. It's not a giant chain. It's just this one little theater, so... Owned by the same guy who owns the Plaza, which is the, you know, second-run theater that costs two bucks. Yeah, so go out and uh, support your local businesses. Yes, with uh, Small Business Saturday, or whatever that was called. Something like that. Something like that. I mean, it's not as if I'm impartial to small businesses or anything. It's not as if my family owns one or something like that. Oh, yeah, I suppose you do. Anyway, so let's let's talk about Skyfall. Because mm. that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That was a very good movie. Ryan, have you seen that? No, I want you. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, new Bond movie. It was uh, quite different from any other Bond movie that I've seen. Of course, mm-hmm. I haven't seen, like, Casino Royale or... Any of the other <laughs> recent ones that have come out? None of the other Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, the main thing in this one was sort of the battle of old versus new. Um, what's still good to keep around as opposed to what's getting outdated and what needs to be replaced with new things. Um, and that there's good and bad in each. And that you can't beat experience, but at the same time, there's still some new stuff that you can't necessarily cope with either. Which is an interesting discussion being that we are, you know, approaching the end of the current console generation and, you know, innovation for that, for the next console generation. Wow, I just brought this right back, didn't I? <laughs> that was good. Genius. I kind of, I liked, I liked the way that they were, you know, talking about that in the movie, but then kind of three quarters of the way through the movie, they were still just talking about like, oh, this is so old fashioned and blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't know, I kind of was getting kind of tired about them bringing that up over and over, but. Well, I mean, there's no real good specific spot where it's like, yes, it is always good to be newer. Yes, it is always good to be old. Um, it's always a gray area and it's sort of the constant battle is to find out what's the good medium. Yes. Yes, but like, I mean, people constantly making uh, jabs at Bond for being old and people, you know, constantly talking about, oh yeah, we don't need uh, the uh, the MI6 program because it's old-fashioned and outdated. And There were very few people who were making that. I I saw it a lot. I don't know. But really? that was pretty much the only thing that I, that I didn't really like about the movie. Hmm. Otherwise, action-packed. Oh, no, there wasn't nearly enough boobs, but... 
That's true. That's true. He was uh there were not as many Bond babe moments as as I was expecting, sadly. Um way fewer gadgets this time, you know. That that's the one thing that disappoints me about the new Bond movies is that there's not nearly as much gadgets. But again, that was sort of brought up with the whole old versus new. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not going to give <laughs> wow. away, but they did bring back one of the better known gadgets. Um and bag full of tricks um, for sort of old time's sake. And so watch the movie. You'll find out what that is. I'm not telling you anything past that because I don't want to completely spoil it for you. You can make all the gestures you like, but I won't be able to tell you mainly because I won't be there in person. So I felt like Q got a really bad rap in this movie. Like nothing really went right for him ever. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Oh, Q. 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 Sorry, I was thinking M. No, Q. Yeah. And Yeah, I mean like... Oh, I feel so sorry for the guy. <laughs> well, that's, at the same time, that's part of what the whole thing that was going on with the movie was, because it was the talk of experience, which he was, he, the cue that was introduced in this movie was a brand new one, so he was really, really young. So he had very little to know, no, not that cue. We are not talking about Star Trek, Ryan. Go away, ghost. Wait, that guy was in Star Trek? Oh, that guy's also in Stargate. Q is in the uh, quartermaster from the quartermaster branch. Yes, Bond universe Q, not Star Trek universe Q. Um, but he was young, so he didn't have really any experience, uh, and so that was his main downfall. What were you expecting? An exploding pen? We don't really go for that sort of thing anymore. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Actually, there were lots of really great references to old Bond movies in mm-hmm. this one. Like it was very, very nostalgia driven. Yeah. Um, which is great. Like, even though I've, I haven't seen a ton of Bond movies, I still was like, oh, hey. Yeah. I kind of know what that is. Yeah. So, very, very, very good movie, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Go and see it. Yep. All right. Oh, Review? also the, um, the, the big, the villain, um, I liked it that it was, that it was not so much of the, you know, I'm going to destroy the world, you know, kind of thing. It was, it was much more personal. It was much more about, about, the, char- the car, the characters in the movie, yeah, um, than about just arbitrary, you know, world domination. He was one of the freakiest villains I think oh I've seen. He, he was like the Kefka of Bonds. That makes probably no sense to you. Kefka, Kefka is... is a bad guy in the Final Fantasy series. Okay. He's a clown and basically blows up worlds just for the lulls. Yay! It's kind of scary. One thing that I think that should have happened, it was like a, it was a perfect moment that, that Bond could have had. Like, it, it's such a Bond line, but at one point, Bond is tied up in a chair in a server room, and I looked around and I was just like, nice racks. <laughs> and I think that Bond totally should have said that, <laughs> because it's something that he would say, but he didn't. No. He's far too suave, far too much the gentleman for that sort of thing. Are you kidding? He makes terrible one-liners like that all the time. <laughs> Especially in reference to, uh, you know, sex. Yeah. Yeah. Those are only mainly in the older ones. In the newer ones, he's a lot more gritty. Yeah, that's true. I've noticed that that's a big shift in, in movies in general nowadays. Yeah. Just gritty. Yeah. I'm so, silly. a different review now, not of a movie, but of a game. Um, the Walking Dead, episode five, that came out on Wednesday, and I played it. And holy cow, what a finale. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Walking Dead series, it um, is a Telltale game series. They uh, specialize in making uh, games that are based on other franchises and kind of tie into them. And they are usually, you know, a series of games where you, you buy 
kind of the whole season and then they release um, a new episode every month or so. Um, and so The Walking Dead is based, of course, on the, uh, the comic or the graphic novels, um, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And it is, is in the same universe, but it has entirely different characters, um, in a different setting, um, happens in, uh, Georgia. And yeah. Very, uh, close though, because the graphic novel and the show are still in the South. And I think okay. they might be yeah. in the Atlanta area, just. Oh, wow. Yeah. But so, um, so yeah, episode five. Um, is the final episode, and the, of course, episode four left us on a huge cliffhanger, and, um, wow. Just, wow. I can't really tell you why it's a great ending. Don't. Because, yeah, that'll spoil the ending. I have not seen it. I am across the studio from you. My fist would meet your face before you had a chance. <laughs> yeah, especially since you're in front of the door. Oh, wait, can I open that window and, uh, let's see, yeah. Yep. Broken glass everywhere. Yes. Great things for cutting your lips with. What? And your tongue. That way you cannot talk. Why is there a Fig Newton on the windowsill? Matt. <sighs> That's pretty much the answer to anything. <laughs> um, so, uh, I felt the, the, this episode was a lot more linear than the other episodes. Um, so like, you know, you had a few choices during, throughout the episode, but they seemed much less impactful than the previous episode's choices. But that, you know, probably ha- also has to do with the fact that, you know, those choices only had uh, two hours maximum to actually make a difference in the story, you know? Mm. Uh, whereas the previous choices, you know, could affect multiple other episodes after them. Um, there wasn't, there weren't any like huge, um, you know, life or death choices where you were choosing who to save in this one. Um, which is why it kind of, it, it, which is partly why it felt more linear for me. Um, there were also a lot, a lot less of the puzzles. Um, so the puzzles were fewer and the ones that were there were much less complicated than in previous, uh, episodes, which I was fine mm. by because as the finale, it was just like, oh man, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. So if they had stu- stuck a bunch of puzzles in there, I would have just been like, no, I need to see what happens next. <laughs> you know? And so you really, you, you didn't like stop to think about what was happening. You just did it. You just went and went and went until the ending. And then it was just like, ah, uh, crying. <laughs> it was a good ending. <laughs> also, also the quick time events, you could actually fail the quick time events and st- and it wouldn't be like a game over right away. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. I'm actually not sure if I if there if it was possible for me to succeed at a few of them. Um, but because I have no idea how, what direction the you know story would have taken if I had succeeded at those particular quick time events. Hmm. And actually, when when my when my roommate played uh episode five, he played it before me. I was still sleeping. Um, when he, he went to his first class in the morning and then he came back and he started playing and every, every once in a while I would just get woken up by <laughs> and then I would like start to drift off before, before I really fell asleep again. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, God. <laughs> at least he wasn't vocal about it, not sitting there shouting at it. Oh, there were a few times when he would just like, you know, chuckle or like start, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking forward to actually being able to play this game, and at the same time, I am beyond frightened for playing this game. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. I'll, I I guarantee that. Oh, I know I am. That was actually one of the first games that went on sale during the uh, during the autumn sale, so I convinced a few people to go and buy it. Mm, good man. 
Well, unfortunately, we weren't able to convince the rest of the people who are listening to go and do it. But. Oh, well. But word of mouth, that's, you know? Mm-hmm. Go. Here's play the, games. Here's my mouth. Here's your words. Go buy the game. Word barf? <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. Oh, but no, that... That series I've been excited for for a while, as I've been saying ever since the beginning. I was reading the comics before the AMC movie theater, before the AMC um, TV show came out. Those were absolutely amazing. And so when they made it into a, excuse me, frog in my throat. When they made it into a, um, a TV show, I was even more excited. And now with this, I mean, both the, the graphic novel and the TV show leave you emotionally torn emotionally torn and this just kind of it's like it's like when you made that comment ian decker doesn't uh um ian decker doesn't cut the cheese he shreds it (laughs) it's oh yeah in terms of emotionally connected the interactive storytelling is i i mean much better um method for doing that Mm -hmm. for making giving you emotionally torn situations i think than just reading it yeah. Or watching it on an, on a television, you know? Because it's your choices that are yes. making. Like, do I save Carly or do I save What's-His-Face, who I don't remember his name because that was so long ago and I didn't let him live. Oh. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, at least I know it's a What's-His-Face. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if I want to know. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh... People die. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. No, it <laughs> happens all the time. Sometimes it's surprising who dies. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying anything more. Good. But Oh, I, I want to say the more though. I would kill you. <laughs> I would kill you so fast. Um but isn't the episodic thing sort of like a telltale games? Yeah, that's that's their thing. And actually, they're doing really well now, especially because of the The Walking Dead. They are in the process of like moving to a new office building because mm. they uh, have outgrown their current one. Ooh. So they're moving into one where they can fit like 160 people or something. Well done, Telltale. Oh yeah, well done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Is this is this our running joke now? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll just have to make sure to bring out the voice bass. What? What? I mean the bass voice. What? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll have to talk in a bass voice mm-hmm. whenever I say that. Then just that it's nice and low and rumbly. But um. No, she wasn't going to say. This is shining. No, you know I have ADOS. It's kind. It's kind of mesmerizing the way that it's concave and shiny, and I can't. I can't focus on it properly. Okay, apparently Ian is ADOS as well. For those of you who don't know ADOS, it's attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. So, oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Dad does tell Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, they do a lot of really fun little puzzle, point and click puzzle games as well, like Sam and Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, that series is made by Telltale Games, and it's one of those ones that'll have you chuckling the entire way through. Be like, oh, oh, really, really, and a lot of times too. They also did um, Back to the Future and something else. Uh, Adventures of Monkey Island or something like that. No, that was Lucas Arts. I thought that was a Telltale. I thing. think that was Lucas Arts. Let's look it up. Oh, we have the internet. That's all I'm hearing right now, is you breathing. <laughs> oh, it is LucasArts. Told ya. Oh, wow, they have a lot of games, actually. They've done some CSIs. Oh, they did Strong Bad. Oh, I knew that. Wait, they yeah. did do Tales of Monkey Island. What? Hmm. Oh, we were thinking The Adventure of Monkey Island, but they did Tales of Monkey Island. There we go. Interesting. 
Oh, that's why. Okay, so Poker Night at the Inventory. That's mm-hmm. why that had so many of their characters in it. Was mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. Poker Night at the Inventory is for those of you who don't know a game where you sit around and play um, Texas Hold'em with uh, Max from the Sam and Max series, uh, the heavy weapons guy from Team Fortress Two, um, Strong Bad from Homestar Runner, and Tycho from Penny Arcade. Oh my gosh, they might be coming out with The Walking Dead season two. <laughs> yes! It's wonderfully frightening. Yep. So, style. it's almost 6 o'clock. We have run out of time for today, boys and girls. Because Ian has to go have dinner with his family because somebody had a birthday. My daddy. Yep. A while ago, but we had to postpone it because this is the first time I was actually available for family dinner. Yep, you're so dedicated. I'm sorry. I live a decent while away. Mm-hmm. So, this is Ian Buck. And Ian Decker. And you can find me on the internet on my blog, ianrbuck.blogspot.com. And I'm also on Google+. And I'm on Steam, of course, as Wolf Repo. And you can find me on all the interwebs, um, and specifically on Google+. On Steam as DS Bigfoot, and as well as on Guild Wars 2 as Bigfoot.5140. So find us when you can. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.